0: All right, you unbeatables, it's time to dust off your starter jackets, rip off those tearaways and blow into your game cartridges. I'm Sam Blanford. I'm Pat Sellers.
1: I'm Simon Blanford.
2: And I'm Sean Kelly. And we wish it was the 90s. Welcome, dearest fans, friends. And Craig, back to the podcast and the happiest of New Year's to you all. He's back, Craig. Greg's back uh, for how long? Hey, speaking, of, speaking of New Year,
0: at what point do you stop saying Happy New Year to somebody? Like, if you haven't seen someone for a month, is it okay to say Happy New Year to them?
2: Is that because this is releasing in Feb?
0: <laughs> that, that's because we're uh, recording this in Feb, Sean.
2: Yes. Day of obviously. This is live. No, but too-
0: seriously, can can I say Happy New Year to someone like January twenty eighth? No, no way. You're nah, pushing I it. I thought so.
2: Oh, what about and Sam and Simon would probably appreciate this. You get back to teachers. Obviously, don't go back until mid to late Jan, and you get a lot of Happy New Years from your colleagues.
1: Uh, to quote, to quote the Larry, the great Larry David, uh, with all due respects, I think the uh, Happy New Year window is closed. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I agree. After about a week, I'm like, I'm no more Happy, uh, happy New Year's for me.
2: Every single one of my work emails opens currently with a Happy New Year. <laughs>
3: <laughs> then you have to reply with it as well.
2: All right, dear listeners. Let me take you back to a time when People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive was Patrick Swayze. Teen Spirit was a deodorant and a popular song callaway introduced the big bertha to the world Mm. and the term carjacking was invented
1: i've got a big bertha too by the way
2: welcome to the wish it was the 90s awards for 1991. Mm. so topical uh so today we're going to go through six main categories music film tv gaming sport and history uh and Just a disclaimer, these are just our opinions, and we encourage you to share your opinions with us in the Slacks, but I just want you all to know right now that your opinions are wrong and we're right. (laughs) Spot on. Um, So, um, yeah, without further ado, I think we'll jump into the music uh, category, and there are two, two sections. We'll start with the first one. Um, so the, uh, what's going to happen is we're all going to discuss our picks and then hopefully come to a consensus or not. Doesn't really matter. No one's actually getting any awards. So the first category is what? best single of 1991. <laughs> Let's start with you, Sam. So
0: being two years old, uh, at the time, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a lot of these, a lot of this music, I discovered later in life.
2: I asked Shah um, what she thought of for her picks for '91, and she just looked me dead in the eye and said, "I wasn't born." <laughs> Sorry, Sam, as you were.
0: Uh, I have got, you know, there were quite a few honourable mentions, which we'll get to later. But mine was um, uh, pr- probably a, not one of my really favourite songs, but probably a bit of. Um, I know a lot of people love this song and this band but smells like teen spirit nirvana solid pack solid pack fair and reasonable
4: patrick
3: uh i went for the track uh other people's pussy by naughty by nature uh it's opp uh it's a it's a provocative song uh, the jackson fives abc uh and uh outside of being an absolute banger i just it was a bit later than 91 obviously but i remember this being one of the first songs i downloaded on limewire Ooh, nice.
4: not a napster allegedly man.
3: is that still illegal
5: yeah. uh-uh.
3: allegedly downloaded it then on limewire yeah you know me
2: uh, your pick, Simon? Well, mm. oh, your last homie, I think. Well, I think
1: when it comes to 1991, when it comes to best single, you need to have a good chat about the background and the, the zeitgeist at the time, right? So, grunge, you know, Sam's Smells Like Teen Spirit. I'm not sure if that really is you know, Nirvana's true grunge, but that, 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 that um, movement was really taking place. Um, and Bit of hip-hop and rap as well that was becoming really mainstream which is great as pat chose you know a hip-hop slash rap song for his so taking in those two things into account because that you know they were huge movements um the grunge and hip-hop into the mainstream um so for that reason i thought it was really apt for my best single to be uh from a distance by bet midler um <laughs>
4: It's my
3: honour, one of my favourite
1: honourable mentions. <laughs> Which, you know, how can you go wrong with From a Distance? I feel like it was a bit too old for us to sort of sing ironically as karaoke. But had we been six or seven years, you know, so our ironic karaoke songs like Backstreet Boys and, you know, that sort of thing. But had we been five or six years old, I guarantee you we'd be banging out From a Distance by Bette midlet at K bar.
0: Simon uh we did you you would have sung this at batoni central i sung this at batoni central mm, maybe primary yeah. school we belted it out
3: oh there's I only one way to sing it and it's belted out i have to say he absolutely sold me on your lead and i was like oh he's quite serious tonight so, <laughs> so, no, he's he's spot on yeah that is where they got some mainstream success it was not in a LA. way simon's <laughs> cell
2: cell of hip-hop and rap <laughs> Coming into its its own in 91 made me look at my honourable mentions and consider changing my pick. (laughs)
1: Ooh.
2: ooh! Uh, But I won't.
1: Just before we move to you, Bob, one thing I did learn in my research of this is that it's not a bit Midler original. Some random released it in, like, 86 or 88 or something and got nowhere with it. And then Midler Midler, uh, released it in 91 and just set the world on fire with it.
2: Yeah, yeah, she would
0: Sean, looking yes. forward to your, your call here
2: Yeah, well I was torn between two and my, t- my tear was about I think I, there's a song I probably prefer of the two but thinking about the overall impact that each song that I was tossing up between had I, I leant towards the one that probably um, more encompassed 91 and and the movement the grunge movement. Even though, again, it's like, like smells like Teen Spirit. It's not necessarily the most grungy song, but um. So my my pick is losing my religion. Ah oh, um, yes, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes,
0: yes, a yes, track. yes. Sure. Well, considering I've heard of that and not of Pat's one, uh, that's that's
2: a good one. Uh, you look, should give
3: to listen. Or I reckon you'll be down with it.
2: I'll Mm. run through a couple of honourable mentions that I um, that I noted, and you guys can just add any if you have them. um, In the interest of, uh, I know we're going to do album first. Apologies. We're doing. Apologies. Album. Um, Reverse order, Simon.
1: Yeah, I was really excited about best album, um, and I'm going to go with a homegrown album, and it's an album that Sam and I grew up with. Ah. And I hope I've chosen, I hope I've picked his his album. But it's um, Woodface, the third studio album released by uh, Crowded House. Absolutely ripper. Not my pick, but um, very good. I'm just going to tell you some of the hits on this album. Um, Four seasons in one day. It's only natural. All at your feet. And weather with you. And those, that, I, mean, that's, I mean, those are all absolute bangers from a quite a little-known um, album worldwide. And every other song on this album, I can assure you, is a banger. Um, one of the great lines of all time is from Whispers and Moans. And we all know about this because we all caught taxis, you know, very early in the morning on Courtney Place. Um, but there's a great line that says, I hear this town, it never goes to sleep. I will catch the taxi driver weeping like a wounded beast. I can imagine many taxi drivers doing this after the terrible yarns we subjected them to um, mm. at the age of 18 and 19. Um, but yeah, that's my pick. Uh, Wood Face by Crowded House. Fantastic. You know I like
2: think that's an album, a CD that every house you went into in the 90s, it was in the rack. Yeah. That's an excellent choice.
0: The, the, the album cover looked like almost like the mask from The Mask. Jim Garrett, you know, that Mm. thing that he puts on his face. mask.
1: Yeah, before it goes on his face. Mm. Yep.
0: Excellent. Um, Sellers. Uh,
3: This was my probably my closest call for all of these. Um, And I had to go, I was picking between uh, Pearl Jam's 10 and uh, Nirvana's Nevermind. And I went with Nevermind, even though I like 10 more now, I just remember Nevermind being a lot bigger as a kid um, growing up in the 90s. And basically, if you grew up in the kid as a kid in the 90s in the hut and uh, you could play guitar at all, the first thing anyone asked you was, can you smell? Uh, can you play Smells Like Teen Spirits? Like uh, we, that we got that pip for me just like we talked about memories.
2: Woodface being on every New Zealand family's um, CD rack. Um, Nevermind is one of the most iconic album covers ever. You, anyone can picture that. Um, Sammy.
0: Yeah, I do love Woodface, um, but given we don't have a large New Zealand audience, we're mainly in, uh, you know, America. to <laughs> <earlier. laughs> like our <laughs> podcast. Um, no, I went with uh, Metallica, a.k.a. The Black Album. Um, Excellent. I'm not a big Metallica fan. I do like their, some of their songs, but um, just from a historical point of view, I don't know whether it, it could be wrong in saying it's considered their their most successful album or best album. Some some rippers, Enter Sandman, The Unforgiven, Nothing Else Matters, Wherever I Roam. Um, yeah, some, some of my favourites of theirs on there. And um, yeah, I think that probably... Um, probably got to be up there for me.
2: Definitely my first Metallica album, and still my favourite as well. Interesting fact about that album: um, I'm not sure if it was the producer, but uh, so obviously, if you've listened to Metallica at all, the, a lot of their albums before that are very fast, heavy metal, and there's quite a few mm. slower ones on the Black Album. And um, the, I don't, I can't, yeah, I don't want to say it was the producer and be wrong, but they changed who was helping them produce the music. And it was actually someone who'd worked with Motley Crue and they were really against it because obviously Motley Crue was more of that sort of pop rock, um, glam rock, as I think you'd call it. Um, and then, but they did, they did work together and produced that album and, I, you know, one of the greatest albums of all time.
0: Yeah, so that's, uh, that's my uh, best album.
2: Uh, so my best album, probably to the surprise of no one, is U2's Akutong Baby. An absolutely phenomenal album, uh, after really cracking it in 87 with the Joshua Tree, which is the greatest album of all time, a bit bit (laughs) of a lull, and then, um, a real sort of reinvention of the band, slightly heavier sounds, um, but also uh, probably most famously the song One. Uh, they, fil- uh, they filmed, they recorded the album in Berlin for a bit of a change of scenery. And um, I, honestly, it's a journey. It's one of those albums where you listen it from the first song to the last song, you feel like you're going on some sort of ride. Um, and it's very, very good. And I know that heaps of people don't like you too, but, you know, they're wrong because that album's awesome.
1: Yeah, for Bono, <laughs> for Bono to do that also while simultaneously being the largest turd in the whole world is um, mm. a yeah. yeah, tremendous effort. feat. Tremendous effort. I never said it's Bono was a good bloke.
2: <laughs> right, I'll, um, I'll, I'll go through a couple of honourable mentions and I'm happy for other people to, to chime in or add. Um, so the actual number one song, according to uh, the Billboard Top 100 songs of 1991, was Brian Adams' "Everything I Do, I Do It For You." I do
0: it for you. I think uh, you should have broken into song there, Sean. Uh, Apparently, so you have at a party or two.
1: I think my favourite thing about that song is that there are actual brackets, like in the title of the song, right? Mm. Yeah. It's fantastic.
2: With the fantastic. top 100 Billboard ch- songs in front of me, I can confirm that uh, f- one, two, three, four, five songs actually have um, brackets in the top 20. Oh. I, thought
0: you were, I thought you were counting Mariah Carey songs because oh, there's a lot of them. She's intro.
2: all over it, eh? Um, yeah, and I, I wonder if this I mean, Brian Adams was hugely popular late 80s and through the 90s, but also that was the main song released with Kevin Costner's Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. So I do wonder if that plays into that um, very sultry scene with him and Maid Marion. That's um, something
0: I did, just as an aside, that's something I did notice while doing research for this is a lot of there's a lot of crossovers, mm. um, like you mentioned, with the music and the film, but particularly the film and gaming. Yeah, heaps uh, of games so, based
2: on films. Yeah,
0: heaps and heaps. Was, sometimes uh, on two different platforms, yeah. um, like two different games.
2: I noticed um, that as well, but I don't want to mention those particular games because they're going to come
0: no, up. I won't i will not uh but yeah yeah so uh honorable mention sorry for song i did have from a distance i did have losing my religion rem and under the bridge red hot chili peppers Mm.
2: i had a couple of albums that came up so i took them up now never mind and um
1: what was was your album god sex sugar magic must have been that
0: that's 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 online the bridge right
2: um does and it, Suck
0: My Kiss, Give It Away is on that album as well.
2: Yeah. Mm. A couple of other mentions. Uh, so uh, the album Blue Lines by Massive Attack was really the launching pad for that sort of sub-pop-trance-dance yep. genre. Um, yep. And actually a, v- a very good album if you're into that kind of music. Um, Cypress Hill's Cypress Hill album. Uh, including the song that I almost picked, uh, How I Could Just Kill a Man. Mm. Just must have listened to that song a trillion times uh, in my teens, both that version and the Rage Against the Machine version. Absolutely fizzed for it. A couple of songs that came out that year that have probably had interesting lasting effects, Black or White by Michael Jackson, and uh, Summertime by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Oh, speaking
0: of which, their fourth studio album, Home Base, that's Nasty. outrageous. Nasty. Um, Any it, other honourable
2: mentions, team?
1: Oh, I just want to say that that's amazing that Jesse Jeff kept coming back after being thrown out of that house by Uncle Bill so many <laughs> times. Like, so at least four albums <laughs> after that, it's, oh. uh,
0: it's, it's amazing. I just put Two Pocalypse now, the debut album <laughs> of. Tupac.
2: very very good right to the film section um and so we've just got best animated film and best film and i will allow uh people to say their best animated film is their best film uh they'd be wrong but that's okay um so we'll start with animated and this time we'll start with simon
1: yeah no i've got nothing for this i haven't seen any of the what? films that i looked at um that were released in 991 so i feel like i can't really make a comment if i haven't seen them so i'll, I'll shove it over to you pat that's a good person yeah to start I, was,
3: I didn't mm. i didn't care for this category either um land forward time came out in 88 that's the only good one from back then and they didn't start making good animated movies till much later
0: thank you pat uh, i may have got this wrong but i'm upset beauty beauty and the beast 991 beast 1991 never said, never yeah, it. absolute right. ripper
2: what a movie
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should have st- you and i should
1: have started this conversation
0: yeah Bob.
2: i can't believe that you guys <laughs> did research and didn't like even if you didn't want to pick beauty and the beast which is I've
1: just, genuinely never seen it genuinely never, i'm not i'm not a promise is not so much some uh, oh,
2: mate much it is of, good i have no idea if i've, seen, I've it or never not. seen it if
1: i have i can't remember it it's
2: yeah. it's
1: it's probably top five disney animated
0: films that's very I, good i Oh, it's, it's really fantastic and look the the um reenactment you know the the one with emma watson's not bad but this uh, remake we'll quality
1: the re you have seen the remake no it was a, that was a very niche uh, final fantasy uh joke for all of our uh three <laughs> hope you like that one long
0: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: sean's played it uh yeah absolutely fantastic um I guess it's better. I don't know when the story was actually written. Do you know, Sean?
2: Nah, nah. It's a tale as old as time, isn't it?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was easily, that was the only one in the category and it won it easily.
2: Yeah. Um, So best Uh, film won't be starting with Simon again, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: This one, uh, there was, there's a lot to choose from here. This is, uh, I think, yeah, best film and... uh, tv series i don't think i'm going to disagree with anyone's because there's so many good picks um but i went for one that sort of i had the strongest memories of and was biggest at the time is a kid in the 90s i'm gone with hook oh yes yes Uh, it's on my list though it's
2: definitely um, on the list and i want my war Mm, It's fantastic (laughs) hey there's
0: no Schmie is such a good character
1: can i just jump in there uh sorry i know you're hosting bob but um just want to reiterate that that is my pick as well hook dustin hoffman's finest hour as well as glenn close's finest hour um, if anybody knows glenn close
3: plays in that movie we're on the same track. We're we we're, we're two from two on this category. Nothing for <laughs> animated. <laughs> it's not with hook. It's
0: normally you and me that that have that mug off Bob together. Pat, I yeah. loved
1: I loved yeah. Hook so much that when I lived in Kent, which is very close to London, I visited the statue that um, uh, that Robin Williams or Peter Pan as is, you know, as he is wakes up under in one of the parks in London mm.
2: with Schmee's um, snow sweeping.
1: Yeah, exactly, with Smee. Uh, Bob Hoskins, I think, is the actor. Who it was is Bob. Smee.
2: It was but. Bob. Fun fact, the early 90s X-Men movie that never happened, Bob Hoskins was going to play Wolverine.
1: Jeez, uh, that would have been a terrible choice. That would have that been, would a, have been a terrible choice. Um, but Smee, great film. So great, great film, and Pat, yeah, you're spot on there, mate. Hook's my number one, too. Sean,
0: can I guess yours?
2: Are you going to say yours? Is yours Hook as well, or...?
0: Nah, it's not, and Thanks. it's not your one either. And your one's Terminator Two, Judgment Day. <laughs> good, it's a good one. Go and on, talk about it, Sean. I uh, I've watched it once and uh, didn't really like it. Oh,
2: that hurts, man! I've ever heard anyone say that. It's interesting. I'll tell you what's interesting about me picking T two is that i am one of the few people that maintains their first terminator is better than t2 but t2 is the most 90 action flick ever and it's everything you'd want it's arnold it's one-liners ed furlong it's maybe like revolutionary um graphics on the t1000 Um,
0: i feel like i need to watch it again
2: oh it's so good
3: it won Um, an oscar didn't it
2: yeah obviously um the the return of um oh what's what's her name uh what's sarah connor's the actor don't ask me anyway she goes from being in the first one to being the damsel in distress distress to being like maybe the most badass female action hero ever She's, Mm. she's just, it is so, so good. My own, I only have one complaint and it commits a, um, time travel fallacy, but we won't get into that. I honestly thought everyone would pick T2. I'm quite shocked. Although I understand Hook is a phenomenal film and I'm happy to concede to it, but I'm still surprised.
1: Run home, Jack. Mm, run home, Jack.
0: Um... So my best film is neither of those, those two. And I'll just lay it out on the table. I don't think this director is that good. This director is lauded in the film community um, by many. And look, good director, but not as good as it is he is cracked up to be. But I love Reservoir Dogs. Oh, yeah. It's, it's my favourite film of his.
2: Um, I thought you were doing a I, misdirect and you were going back to T2 and mugging off Jim Cameron.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. I love Tarantino's Revoir Dogs. It's my favourite film of his by quite a long way. Um, I'm surprised it hasn't, uh, it, it was neither of yours, but
3: can't can't disagree with Hook. Um, won't disagree yeah, with, with Hook. It. So Hook wins. Uh, Honourable uh, mentions? some good honourables. i got a few honourables. Point Break. Yeah, I've there. got Point yep. Break. Hot Shots. Mm. <laughs> Start of all those spoof-type films. Uh, the Doors film, which is fantastic. And very Drop good. And Dead Fred. I kind of thought it was an 80s film, but it came out in 91. Yeah,
2: I saw that pop up as well. I was very surprised. Mm. My sister was a big I
0: fan. I guess, guess you'd say, what yep. can make me feel this way? Oh, uh, so that it's- one?
3: Are we all going to <laughs> join in? Yeah. Yeah. Have you got that in your notes? And it looks like everyone joins in with the mic.
2: Is <laughs> that, that <laughs> bit you were talking about at the start?
3: Hey, look, I'm a big Vader fan. Um, yeah, My Girl was definitely
0: up there on the Honorable Mentions as well as Hook.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, um, the other two I had in the Honorable Mentions were JFK, which was a very long movie that I loved and it's got a great stamp <laughs> in Seinfeld. Um, gotcha. And I feel like one that. Is that Cosner? It is, okay, okay. yep. Yeah. And the other one that I feel like was just on TV all the time when we were kids is the Adams Family. Really enjoyed oh, that yeah. movie as I've a I've got Adams Family. Yeah. And I think
2: I think that's a good movie.
1: Yeah, mm, uh, very good. I don't know if it's a good movie because I haven't seen it for twenty five years. But I feel like it was on TV too, just like pretty regularly um, when yeah. we were kids.
2: I think you're right there. Got a couple others to mention. Um, Boys in the Hood.
1: Mm. This. Mm.
2: The Rocketeer. Kevin Colson's big 91 year, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Obviously, this is, is a little bit world. before he ruined his career with Waterworld. Um,
1: good arcade and, game though,
3: Waterworld.
2: <laughs> and not a bad stunt show at uh, Movie World. Mm.
3: Yeah, it that is.
2: Um, and I'm surprised this didn't come up because it won the most Oscars, Silence of the Lambs.
1: Ah, mm. yes, I forgot to write that down. Yeah. I think um, one one, keep going, Bob, and I've got a point to make after you finish.
2: Yes, and just a couple of uh, animated films that I thought uh, might have popped up. Uh, the Dragon Ball Z feature film Cooler's Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a movie I haven't seen, but I wanted to bring up because that sounds incredible. And I only looked at the cover. Um, it's called Rover Dangerfield. It's a big dog, gorgeous. and it's yep. voiced by Rodney Dangerfield. How I good. immediately oh, wanted yeah? to watch it. I immediately
1: yeah. wanted to watch it when I saw yeah, that.
3: Might watch that tonight. <laughs>
1: um, I, th- the point I wanted to make about that, and it's been made before, like it's it's sort of a it's not a original point, but you kind of realised it was sort of reinforced when you look when you did the research and you looked at the films released in 1991. You're like, oh yeah, that was a big one. Oh yeah, that was big. That was big. That was big. Whereas I feel like if you looked at the films of 2022 or 2023 you know, 30 years from now, you wouldn't remember almost anything. And I feel like no. it's just emblematic of that move towards TV and away from movies uh, as the sort of the number one medium. And I was sort of reminded of what a big deal movies were uh, compared to now.
2: Mm. Interesting, isn't it? You, you, certainly people will look back at this time right now and probably talk about Avatar 2 um, for, for good or for ill. Um, <laughs> But also, we, I mean, we are coming out of COVID, so, you know, making films has been quite difficult and, mm. um, yeah. But it is interesting as well, like, the last 10 years, the highest grossing films are all just superhero movies, right? Yeah. And although, you know, and Pat and I are both big fans of them, I do think you're right. Twenty to thirty years from now, they'll all just blurred into one. It's not like it's not like it was in the, um, you know, like the '70s and '80s with Star Wars, where it's like, sure. yeah, there's other sci-fi stuff, but it's Star Wars. Star Wars is the thing. Yep. People will go, yeah, the Marvel movies, but will they actually name some?
1: No, I know there's a million. Unless, unless you're a huge Marvel fan, probably not. Exactly. And I, I'm not a I'm not a big Star Wars fan, but I can name those, you know, um, just because there weren't that many of them. And I think it was a, as I say, just movies were just a bigger deal, right? They just were. Yeah. It was a, it was. Um,
2: Simon, I just think an you'll answer, find The thing. Empire Strikes Back is actually the greatest film ever made. Hmm. Uh, right, television. So we've got animated series, and we've got series. Um, and,
0: we- and Simon, did you do animated series, or did you just leave
1: it out
2: like the other?
0: I'll be shocked if Simon doesn't pick the same
2: animated series as me.
1: Let's just organically do this podcast, though, without, you know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we did clarify that you could pick a series based on the season that was released in 91, or if you wanted to, something that started in 91. Um, Everyone's reasons are their own, and nobody cares, and we're right and you're wrong. So let's start with animated and let's start
3: with pat uh i for both animated series and series i stuck with um series that debuted in 91 just to cut it down because the honorable mentions in this category could go on for a wee while um and just went for what was probably the biggest impact as a kid in the 90s my best animated series is rugrats
0: yeah boy um, yeah boy it was just
3: also just on all the time as well so it's you know definitely big memories and any series from the 90s definitely early 90s even late 80s you've got to have that big draw card you've got to have a really good theme tune and it definitely had that i think if any kid in the 90s gets a xylot phone put in front of them at any point you're trying to work out the rugrats theme song absolutely Ta-da. Luke's got one and I'm doing it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, mine was uh, also
0: Rugrats. Uh, uh, Both my best animated series and best series I stuck with. Shows that started in 1991 and I left my honourable mentions as shows that uh, were still going, you know, they started earlier but they had a certain season that was good in that that time. Um, Rugrats, anyone up for an impromptu character draft?
1: Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm keen. I
3: was a Chucky fan myself. You, you know
2: I jump? was. He was a ginger with glasses.
3: Yeah. Sean's quickly Googling how does how snake drafts work again?
2: <laughs> well, yeah, well, also, rats for me. Also a big fan of old man pickles, though. Uh, yeah. uh, was it what Phil was it? pickles? I thought
3: like it was stew sure.
2: pickles. No, I thought um, it was stew.
0: Yeah, research that, would you? It went till 2006. Now, I'm not saying that um, Rugrats was good oh. for all those years because it definitely jumped the shark with uh, other characters being involved. Younger um, kids. Yeah, just like, uh, yeah, but
1: brothers you're not, a big, and, you're not a big Dill Pickles fan.
0: No, uh, not a big... <laughs> just more of a <laughs> Phil and Lil fan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's my Rugrats, 91 to 2006. Good effort.
1: On, um, yeah, so four films. My best animated film was Nothing, so was Pat's. Pat and my good best good film day. was Hook, and Pat and my best animated series was Rugrats. Yeah, boy, so, um, that's amazing, really. All three of us, and it just kind of uh, shows you was always on. I think it was really good because, like, some of these shows that came out were the very very young kids and we probably watched them when we were very very young kids but i can't remember this watching it as like a nine and ten year old and still finding it really funny i feel like yeah. it's a bit arrogant to say you get adult humor as a 10 year old but i feel like there was definitely a few jokes that were in there for adults as well Rug- for Rugrats Rats
2: is definitely one of those shows that was riddled with adult entertainment as well
1: yeah yeah for sure
2: um, um <clears throat> well clearly rugrats is the winner but it wasn't my pick i picked doug
1: yeah. <laughs> hey, a what a yeah, What a show.
2: What a show. Can't I argue was with that obsessed. That was obsessed. I loved it. And between seasons, Skeeter went through puberty and came back all gangly with a broken voice. So said, this is I'm a, I'm, I'm relating to this. I'm not a 91, <laughs> but whenever I was watching those
1: reruns. Did I get bullied at Billy High for looking a lot like Skeeter? Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, Dag was on my honor. so This is a sore point. Should we have not forked this up? Do you want us to, to cut this bit out? A of, it's a badge of honour, really. <laughs> yeah, it should be.
2: Um, right. Who, did,
1: who didn't have a crush on petty mayonnaise? <laughs> <laughs> Dag was good. Hmm.
2: Dag was great. I,
1: similar, yeah. similar to Rugrats, I feel like, as well, right? Like... Um, we watched it a little bit, you know, even though it debuted in 91. I wasn't watching Doug in 91. I was definitely watching it when I was like nine or 10, and mm. quite a few good adult jokes, I assume, in there as well.
2: I think it worked quite well with that kind of age bracket, too, because, you know, Doug had his crush, and, you know, they, they, they were school kids doing quite school kiddie things. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Just best series. Uh, let's start with Samuel.
0: Yeah, again, I, I picked one from that started in nineteen ninety one, um, and there there were a lot of it's TV. From the look of it, TV was really kicking off. As someone mentioned earlier, um, there are some great seasons of other um, shows that but were in their some... infancy, we go. it, yeah. um, but it still does not. Take hold a candle to my best series of 1991, Home Improvement. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Tim Allen, Al Borland, uh, my personal favorite character, um, and a bit of Wilson over the fence can't beat a bit of Home Improvement. Mm.
2: I read a fact about Wilson today that. Um, Tim Allen wrote the character of Wilson to not be able to see quite over the fence as an homage to his childhood when he was trying to look over the fence to talk to his neighbours.
1: Nice. That's adorable. Mm. Uh, Let's go to you, Simon. Yeah, again, um, I didn't actually pick one for this series. For fuck's sake. Um, i just like to defer to honourable mentions because I just feel like i just explained myself a little bit i did my research and 91 so i asked bob um sean does it have to be the series started 91 or can it be an existing series and you choose a season which bob alluded to earlier and i just couldn't really pick seinfeld or or the simpsons at that point because they hadn't quite hit their straps really though you know they're showing showing potential but that wasn't the golden era at all and as much as I love Home Improvement and Doug and whatnot, I just couldn't quite bring it, bring myself to pick those shows. But I've got a few honourable mentions that I'll mention later. No balls.
2: Yeah. That's yeah, right. This is yeah, New yeah. Zealand, not Australia, and you have the democratic right not to vote. <laughs>
3: yeah, you can't take a swing at everything. Um, home Improvement yeah, was also mine. Um, holds up, too. I watched a fair bit of it when... Uh, Made of ours, uh, Paddy Howden came back from the UK and lived with me for a little while, about six or seven years ago. And we um, we watched them all again, basically. But it was the breakout role for the 90s Heartthrob and JTT. Mm. We need and to talk about Tim that. Jim Allen being such a massive 90s icon, you'd have to say this is his most iconic role as well. So, I mean, uh, I... yeah, Home Improvement just sat above everything else for me.
1: I'm a secondary school teacher at an all girls school. And I feel like if you tried to explain to my students in 2023 that, like, the biggest 90s teen heartthrob, you described me as, like, a five-foot-four chubby kid, <laughs> and that was, like, the ultimate teen heartthrob, they just have a laugh.
3: Yeah, long but, either. That was also, JTT. a strange conversation to be having with your students, but very
1: uh, <laughs> it's, it always It always goes down well when they watch Romeo and Juliet, because Leo, Leo is a real babe in that film.
2: And that is a great film.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, my pick was, I adhered to my own rules of doesn't have to have debuted in 91. Um, I picked something that actually debuted at the end of 90, though, so it was still in its okay. first season Fair. Mm. Uh, yeah. in 91, I picked The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah,
1: nice. No, love the pick. Cheating a bit, but
2: love the pick. Why?
1: Uh not cheating at all. Take
2: it Thank all back. I look I looked at the same I had the same thing as Simon. I looked at things like I looked at Seinfeld and you, you get season two and season three and there's some pretty awesome episodes, but it's not quite where it yep. should be. And um there's a few other things. But yeah, the Fresh Prince, that was I watched that religiously, and it is one of those shows where the first season, you know, like literally from episode one, you're like, This is yep. mint. Yeah,
0: yeah, also, sure. also, the season two, the original, the good actors and actresses are still on it. There's no mm-hmm. changes yet.
1: Mm-hmm. Would You're am a be right right? No fan of light-skinned Vivian, Sam. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Definitely a fan of original Vivian and original, is it Hillary's the original or is it Ashley?
2: What? Ne- Hillary and Ashley changed? Come on, never. I, I don't know if they changed. I thought it was okay. just Aunt Viv. I thought it that's why know. in Hollywood they oh, called it. it just Viv? Changed. When, it, when a character gets replaced and looks inexplicably different, they call it getting are not would Yeah,
1: definitely just are not mm, good.
2: <clears throat> Apparently Don Cheadle said that to Terrence Howard when he took on the role of the Marvel <laughs> character. He's just like, I'm sorry that I aren't-vived you. <laughs> <laughs> that's real good.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure um, Karen Parsons and Tatiana M. Ali were not replaced in their roles in uh, Fresh Prince.
0: Uh, Yeah, maybe I just uh, got a bit excited because the Aunt Viv change was striking. Mm
2: -hmm. Striking. Uh, I'll quickly run through some honourable mentions, uh, mainly things that just debuted in 91. Uh, The the, the dawn of adult cartoons, Ren and Stimpy. Yep,
0: yep. Uh, that's on mine.
2: The, I guess, live-action puppet show, Dinosaurs. Not the mama. Uh, The great cartoon, Toxic, Toxic Crusaders. Um, Tailspin, which only had one season. Oh. Um, the great family sitcom, Step by Step.
1: Oh, oh yes, oh, day uh, by day,
2: and a couple of other honorable mentions. Um, Cheers got the most Emmys. Mm. That was 91 was the first year that The Simpsons aired in New Zealand. Mm. Wow. and the episode The Apartment in season two of Seinfeld is an absolute banger.
3: That's a great list, Bob. Harry and the Hendersons.
2: Very good.
1: Um, To add to that, I've got uh, Where's Wally, which Sam and I recently had a VHS of and now my five-year-old son, James, loves. And there's a random wizard white-beard character on that who's like a a blatant Rodney Dangerfield ripoff. He keeps popping up. Yeah, but the voice of the Rodney Dangerfield rip-off, a.k.a. Wizard Whitebeard, is Ray Romano's brother from Everybody Loves Raymond. Wow. Oh, very random. Uh, a couple of other shows, three other shows, Jerry Springer debuted. Oh, that's Roy what yeah, I got too. Which Good is stuff. a quintessential 90s show. Another one that was introduced to me by a uh, long-time mentioner on the podcast, Cam Paulick, um, is Bottom which was a British sort of off-the-wall show starring Adrian Edmondson and Rick Mayall, who were sort of responsible for the young ones in the 80s, but Bottoms, another very funny show, and another show that no one would have heard of, apart from probably Sam and I. I think it was on What Now, briefly, and it was only one season. It was called James Bond Jr.
2: I've seen James Bond Jr.
1: Which was just one of the worst concepts for a show of all time. You know, James Bond, who... One of the main thing he does is just you know get with attractive women and there's all of a sudden a james bond jr who's like 10 years old solving crimes just a terrible terrible show that would never exist now it's not james pond by any chance not james pond three no
2: all right gaming
1: yeah boy.
0: Now I, need what to a put, year. I
2: need to put this out there sam simon yep. you need to mm. control yourselves for this section <laughs> we're already running reckon, a little bit late
0: i reckon we both nah. got the same one same best but game. You, your honorable nah.
2: mentions list is probably 400 long
1: hey we're going late tonight sure we're going late tonight man. i'm going to
2: you hey, first but- pat yeah i don't
1: know
3: if i was as much into gaming early on a lot of these games are a bit earlier so i went with one that i have the best memories of and it was Going into either timeout or time zone, I can't remember what it was called at the time, it was at the front of Hoyt Cinema in the hut. Yep, and playing the Simpsons game, the beat em up game, you're just nice. traveling from left to right. What a game! Um, yeah, I had some good fond memories of that. Button bashing away, it was uh, you basically had to go and save Maggie who'd been kidnapped. and Each of the characters had uh, weapons Bart had a skateboard, Lisa had a skipping rope, Marge had a vacuum cleaner, and Homer has a fist. Marge was dominant. Marge was dominant with that vacuum
1: cleaner. Eh? Mm. Uh is use. that your best? That's your best? Yep. Simpsons. Yep. Sammy? Okay. Nothing, nothing wrong with that.
0: Um i got a guess that. for the
2: Blanfords too, but I won't put it out there, we'll just see. Well, I reckon you've got
0: it. Uh, sir. Yes, from conversations we've had, Sean, would you like to guess? Monkey Island too. Monkey Island 2, Lee Chuck's Revenge. Correct. Um, both that is definitely the best game. And, and look, there, there are a whole lot of really, really good games. This game is amazing to play. It's amazing. It was amazing to play when I played it. it was, it's amazing to play now. Mm. And it just holds up fantastically. I, I don't even know what platform it would have been on at that point. Um, but we played it on PC. I believe. Um, just a fantastic game. It's hard to beat a lot of these, but it's actually rated really highly by, um, you know, if you go to any uh, website where they rate games, um, this is one of the top games rated.
2: Many um, of the podcasts that I listen to to steal ideas from for hours, when they talk about gaming, talk about the Monkey Island
0: series. Yeah, yeah. well, it, it, it's, I don't know if it started... But it was definitely very popular but definitely um it was huge in the point and click game um, we used to play day of the tentacle which came out similar time i think a year, that, yeah. I, uh, I thought it was 1990 but it might have been 92. the original day of the tentacle came out in the 80s um, eighty eight mansion yes lots of good honorable mentions which i'll get to shortly
2: uh, and yours was the same, Simon. Do you want to talk about it too? or
1: Nah. Nah, I don't. Um, <laughs> great game. And we'll, I'll, I'll save other chat for honourable mentions because I've got a long list.
2: Mm, uh, my pick was Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, mm. I played it um, mm. non-stop on my Sega Master System. Um, I absolutely fizzed for it. And then when I got my Mega Drive and it was built in, I still keep playing it. Mm. Mm. Um, and, you know, like, there were lots of other games uh, on the list that I really liked, but, you know, if, you, if you're thinking about ours contributed to something, it's like the Hedgehog.
3: Yeah, I think the Mega Drive was my first one, so I never had a Master
2: System. Master so. System had oh, Alex yeah. Kidd built in, mm. and that is also a great game, but it didn't come out in 91. In great. Miracle World, I think you'll find he was.
1: Yeah, that was the um, po- uh, paper rocks, as I say. Do, 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 do,
2: do. Absolutely. And no randomizer. Just memorize what to do and you're safe. memorize. Nice. Yep. All right. Uh, honorable mentions. Right. Let's 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 Pat go first, then me. And then if we don't say anything that you two say, you can, me and Pat will go get a drink.
3: Yeah, was- My <laughs> honorables out of ones I played and could playing
2: Duke Nukem. Raper. Yep, nice. and Street Fighter 2. Oh, so nice. I did want to talk about Street Fighter 2 because obviously that was an arcade game and it was around for a long time. But um, you guys might remember there was that small little arcade and um, in, in that little, I guess, food court in between Valley and the Bowling. Yep. Oh, yeah. And Street Fighter 2 would have crowds of 20-plus people <laughs> watching <laughs> the guys just a get their way through. <laughs> That's good. Uh, the only other honourable mention that I have That hasn't been said already is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time Which is very yep. much of the ilk of that Simpson side-scroller arcade game Great game, awesome game We had it at Valley And my dad had the keys So he could unlock it and flip oh. the thing So I'd have unlimited credits what a
1: lucky Wow boy. Still didn't clock it
2: I was, I, 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 remember, I distinctively remember when a guy told me that if you use the joysticks and press the buttons, you'd, you'd do better.
0: <laughs> Good. Tip. You go on, Sammy? Now nah, you go because you've got you. You didn't speak at all on best game, and you've got lots of honourable mentions. So,
1: just want to say that on my honourable mention list, that's already mentioned the Simpsons by Pat uh, Monkey on. Oh, sorry, Lemmings as well. That was mentioned. Sonic. Street Fighter 2, Duke Nukem, so I just want to um, endorse all of those. Uh, versus the Space Mutants. Yeah, boy. Which was a game that Sam and I played a lot of, and that it was... Uh, no, time. no, 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 just want to set the record straight. You played a lot of, I watched. <laughs> yeah, 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 a bit of older older sibling bullying going on there. Um, <laughs> play, yeah, it was basically this, uh, Aliens Came Down from Earth... And Bart had to rescue Springfield from them, pretty much. Great game, Bart vs the Space Mutants. Streets of Rage as well. Not sure if you oh, guys yeah, remember yeah, that.
2: Yeah, sure, I saw. Yeah, yeah, I remember Streets of Rage.
1: That was another great game. Final Fantasy Four, IV, and I've, I, I haven't played this one, but all my Nintendo nerd friends say that Zelda: A Link to the Past was another great game. Um, it was released in 1991. Now, just, just before Sam takes over the mantle there. I think even though obviously now in the last 20 years has been an exciting time for video games because of technological advances, I just think so many bright minds must have been working in video games at this point, eh? Like, I just think so many bright minds are working at it because it was literally this untapped territory where... So you had films. Films have been around for 60 years. Books have been around for longer. TV shows have been around for 30, 40 years at this point. Video games are almost brand new. And it was this... You look back and it's laughable to say they had endless possibilities because of how old they look and the graphics and whatnot. But for the brightest minds, I think it did represent a limitless sort of possibility. And you look at these games and I think, for me, I'm just reminded by, man, some very, very bright people were in the industry at this point. And some really, again, seems laughable now because they are so old, they had limitations, but... I think some really smart people worked on these games.
2: I think you're right. I think that what's really interesting about it as well is like one game would change gaming and then you would mm. get a plethora of games that followed that Copycat. system. Yep. You know, like, um, yeah.
0: Um, like platform, platform games. And then I think well, Lemmings would have been one of the earlier games of platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that a lot came from that. You know, your Terry's Big Adventures. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, are the only two that weren't mentioned by anybody else. I had all of those. Um, plus, I haven't played it, but I've heard many good things about the Tecmo Super Bowl. Uh, mm, specifically Bo about how good Bo Jackson was. Mm. Um, and just, I, I'm, I know you'll appreciate this, but maybe my gran will appreciate this. Free Cell
2: 1991.
0: Oh, wow. Nice. Nice, yeah, that's good. Uh, which personally, I prefer Free Cell, uh, or maybe not prefer it to Solitaire, but it's such a good change um, from, from Solitaire and, and your hearts.
1: To well, my hearts, uh,
0: man, myself. <laughs> to give uh, Free Cell a go. But yeah, that's me.
2: Right. In the interest of knowing that the Oscars drag and maybe this is too, we'll get into sports. <laughs> Um, So we've got Best Sporting Moment and Best Sporting Team. Are we Um, in part two yet? (laughs) Yeah, we're well into it. Uh, (laughs) Simon, you're a sports uh, passionate man.
1: We all all are, really.
2: Mm. But I think you in particular will have chosen a really good sporting moment. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so this is going to be pretty disappointing to every single audience that we have, New Zealand and international. Um, it's going to bring up a lot of scars. But we have to be fair on this podcast. We have to actually give what we believe to be oh, no. this iconic oh, no. moment, regardless no. of how painful it might be. Graceful. So I think... The 1991 Rugby World Cup semi final. David Campese turning John Kerwin inside and out <laughs> by just running straight. I like I've analysed this clip. And John Kerwin was a superstar. And Campo just runs for the corner. And Kerwin turns left, he turns right, he turns left, he turns right again. And Campo's gone into the corner. And um, it's a great moment. And he sets up another amazing try for Tim Horan in that match. He just gives like a no-look pass behind the shoulder and makes you think they really screwed him in the Jonah Longby's rugby game because what a special talent he was. So, yeah, my my uh, my moment is David Campuzzi turning John Kerwin inside and out to um, score in the corner in the semi-final. Mm.
2: Didn't even make my honourable mentions. All, All right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, <laughs>
0: lift the move. Uh, got it. Yeah, uh, got to be MJ's first title. Um, I, I researching oh. this, there were there were quite scarce actually the the sporting moments mm, and great. teams. Um, so yeah, I've gone with MJ's first title over the Lakers four um, one comprehensive. Once he would got through the East, um, it was it was a cakewalk really.
3: Yeah, it was a bit lean eh, in terms of like the number of sort of moments and teams, but the ones that are there are pretty awesome. Um, my top moment is a test cap debut of Inga the Winger by (laughs) Inga Tuigamala in the World Cup, becoming the first Samoan-born rugby player to represent the All Blacks in a test match. It probably changed the way we saw the All Blacks for many, many years to come, and New Zealand as a whole as well as i yeah, didn't the know Super that Islands. so uh like he, he actually played in the midfield i think and he actually didn't have a great world cup but um for what it meant for the all blacks and uh, new zealand in general i thought that would be my number one moment
2: Addy.
4: That's, that's
2: incredible Right, my moment, and I honestly thought it was going to come up, um, and I'm a little bit disappointed, in particular, in both you, Simon, and Sam. Uh, <laughs> so my sporting moment is kind of two rolled into one. But the yeah, I know uh, what you're going to say. Record partnership: four hundred and sixty-seven <laughs> runs between Andrew Jones and Martin Crow, and Martin Crow scoring at the time New Zealand's highest Test inning score of two hundred and
0: ninety-nine. Yeah, I've got that on my honourable mentions. What a, what a stand.
2: Against the Lankins at the base. Doesn't get better than that.
0: Again, wow. I'm playing into our, uh, our wider audience, not just our New Zealand audience.
2: Yeah, well, I'm trying to educate them on what happened on February 4th, 1991 and why they should go and watch those highlights.
3: <laughs> Where do those two, <laughs> two blokes live America? Uh,
2: right. Uh, team. Sporting team, this is hard. I found this hard, but then it sort of became clear because it was quite hard. Um, so we'll start with you, Pat.
3: Yeah, I thought there was one obvious one, but it went in uh, Sam's moments. Uh, team had Chicago Bills, winning the first title of their dynasty. Um, Everyone sat home and watched the Netflix series during COVID lockdown. So, um, yeah, I think that easily goes down as the best team. Same here. Same here. So your moment and your team are both the Bulls. Yep. So we all pick the Bulls, and it's very likely
2: for every six years of the nineties that they win, they're going to win this category. (laughs) Well, yeah, maybe.
3: Um, Nah, they'll get two of them. It'll be the comeback one and this one. Yeah, and maybe the last one. Uh, Ah, yeah, no, and maybe
0: 1993 when he beat Barkley and the Suns.
3: Yeah. Uh, Okay. I went
1: through all the, um, the other ones, hockey, baseball, and football, uh, and nothing really could come close to the Bulls. So, uh, yeah, I had to pick the Bulls.
2: Right. I'll, I'll rattle off a couple of honourable mentions, and you guys can chime in. Uh, yep. The return of South Africa to international sport from apartheid.
1: Yep. Cool.
2: Um, Penrith Panthers win their first NRL title.
1: Royce Simmons.
2: Uh, Monica Sellers wins three out of four Grand Slams, finishing number one, ending Steffi Graf's run of 186 weeks at number one.
1: That's a lot of
0: weeks. That's outrageous.
2: And finally, my last one was Tiger Woods won his first ever title, the US Junior Amateur title at the age of 15.
4: Wow.
2: Whoa. Anyone
4: else? That's
3: um, yeah, Magic Johnson announces he's got AIDS.
2: Yeah, that's actually going to come up again in a different section for me, but not with Magic Johnson. Mm, yes. Simon?
0: No, but nothing. Uh, the first Women's FIFA Soccer
2: World Cup? Won by the US.
0: Yeah, they'd had previous tournaments, but not sanctioned, apparently.
1: It wasn't the famous one, though, eh? It wasn't the uh, Mia Hamm. Take the one, shirt did. off. It was, yeah, it wasn't that one, was it? No. Nah. Uh, and... <clears throat> the other
0: team I thought of, a bit of a niche basketball team, but the Duke 1991 basketball team. I had that on my. Yeah, I did actually have that. I didn't want to mention it because I. Bobby, there.
1: Bobby Hurley, Christian, Christian Leitner, and, and Grant Hill. And, um, and and friend of the podcast, Cherokee Parks. I <laughs> think was their coach at that point, still, too. Yep, definitely.
2: <clears throat> All right, let's get into our last section. And I, I'll be honest, looking, doing research on the history section, a lot of the things that come up are quite negative, <laughs> uh, as is the way with history. Uh, mm. But we sort of said any real-life event or moment outside of, I guess, what we've already discussed. Um, and I'll start with you, son. Simon.
1: Well, I um, hopefully this counts, Bob, because you kind of touched on it earlier with the sport. But I think I think it does count, and it's the end, and it's actually a positive thing—the end of apartheid in South Africa. And um, I think, yeah, you know, I'm just piggybacking on what you said. I think obviously it was a big deal um, from a humanitarian standpoint, but selfishly from a sports standpoint, because we're all big sports fans, um, it allowed us to witness, you know, people like Francois Pinard and Chester Williams and. Alan Donald and um, Fani de Villiers, who we all loved copying his uh, bowling action. <laughs> and, and I was know, more I
2: think, of a uh, Paul Adams copier myself.
1: Oh, mm. sure. Sure, loved the old look down leg spin. But yeah, I think that was a huge deal for New Zealanders being able to watch us play South African rugby and cricket. And obviously, there are far more bigger reasons that's a big deal, you know, obviously. But um, just from our selfish perspective, that was quite a big deal.
2: Coincidentally, and certainly on a more negative note, um, Nelson Mandela's wife, Winnie, was arrested in 1991 for kidnapping yeah. four people.
4: we sure that happened? Who knows.
2: Uh, Sam, your turn. Uh, yeah, just
0: under history, we've got the category best real-life event slash moment. <laughs> Um, and and as you mentioned, a lot of it is quite negative. So I wonder whether it's almost just like significant life event mm, slash yeah. moment. Although mine is uh, maybe you could say this is a good thing or a bad thing. I uh, got a few things here, but I just went a little bit. I don't know if you've got this. The first year, the world wide web came to life slash open to the public. Excellent. Yeah,
1: I've seen that one there.
2: We wouldn't be podcasting without it. We would not. We'll be selling tapes on the street. <laughs> God, for all those nerds. Eddie?
3: Um, yeah, I've got a... Well, this one, I suppose, proof that uh woman can really do anything men can do, and just as well. Uh, January 91, serial killer Eileen Wernos is arrested. <laughs> um, she's then... Uh, you know, it takes a big place in history after Charlize Theron played her in the movie Monster and won an Oscar she for it. You sure did. Uh, that was my uh, best moment.
1: Excellent. Good South Africa link. Good South Africa link, too. Charlie. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. Um,
2: one of my, my honourable mentions involves another serial killer, but uh, my choice uh, for the best, oh, sorry, most significant real life event uh, was the KFC conspiracy. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, When Kentucky Fried Chicken rebranded officially as KFC, and the world was swept by a conspiracy theory that they had to do that because it wasn't real chickens. It was headless, battery farmed, (laughs) grown chicken meat. (laughs) Badness. Yeah, that's right.
3: That's the the best one. That is
2: fantastic. (laughs) Uh, Honourable mention, I I must have been going nuts on the recently launched World Wide Web. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Honourable mentions, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer is arrested. Yep. Um, I just thought I'd bring up Boris Yeltsin in the fall of the Soviet Union. Mm. Um, Pee Wee Herman is also arrested for that awful thing he did. Was that in 91?
1: Yeah, that was terrible. He should have never released Pee Wee's Playhouse. Terrible show.
2: Um, and um, Freddie Mercury announces that he has AIDS and actually dies the next day. And
1: died the next day. Yep. That's outrageous.
3: Eh? Oh, well. um,
2: I do have two other things that probably only matter to Pat and I, um, but 1991 is the release of Jim Stalin's The Infinity Gauntlet, which is a massive, yeah. wide-sweeping Marvel event that the yeah. Avengers movies are based on. And mm, Sam, sick. we've talked about this before. It's also the release of Chris, Chris Claremont and Jim Lee's X-Men Number One, still to this day the highest-selling comic book of all time. What's that? X-Men so, Number One.
0: Oh, X-Men Number One, and
2: which all the cartoon characters' costumes are based off that that run. Nice. Any
4: other honourable mentions? I've got one. If no one
1: else has anything. Um, yeah, this was just a nutty one. It was nothing really important. But um, and on, the April, on April the 14th, Thebes stole $500 million worth of paintings from the Van Gogh Museum in wow. Amsterdam. Um, and they were found in an abandoned car less than an hour later. Oh. Real pros. But I just thought that was, yeah, it was interesting. You'd go to the trouble of stealing with, uh, 500 mil worth of paintings and then um, just leave them in, in, in the car. Were
2: they ever caught?
1: Mm. Don't know. Good question. Because mm. uh, if they were just in it
2: for
3: the game, then well played. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Just letting everyone know that they could.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure. 500 mil. So, yeah, that's my uh, honourable
2: mention. Mm. Catch and release, you could say. Mm. <laughs> Very much like that um, tale that Alfred tells uh, Bruce in The Dark Knight about the Diamond Thieves. You guys have seen that movie. yeah. Uh, we've only got one section left, and it's just the best 90s thing, and I suppose it should probably come from something we've already said. I forgot to write anything down. Just
0: just before, before we get to that, that I, I did have a couple of things. Did the Gulf War end? Yes. In 1991? Yes. Um, MC Hammer Dance, 1991? Yes, I looked that up. The song came out in 90,
2: though.
0: Yeah, that's weird, eh? Yeah. Um, one that tickled... Oh, the, um, Jason Alexander threatened to quit Seinfeld in that, um, that I, year.
2: I came across that, because he wasn't rushing into an episode.
0: Yeah, and he said, if you oh, do that again, I'm out. What a, what a battler, by the way, but anyway, move on.
2: Yeah, for the record, he was in every other episode.
0: Yeah, oh, wow. of course he was. Uh, and the one that tickled my fancy was the British government had to clearly define the difference between a cake and a biscuit. Uh, <laughs> I feel it like was, we must have
2: been to the same website. It, it, was, <laughs> forced to,
0: it was forced to do this thanks to a high-profile court case. In the end, they published an official ruling that a cake is defined by its propensity to harden over time, whereas a biscuit has, biscuit has a propensity to soften. Oh, I don't know. I want to know what the good.
3: court case was. Stuff, how hard would have this been if Google didn't exist? <laughs> oh, don't even bother. You'd have a rip into you know many disks of Encarta to find out what
2: happened in 1991. We would have pr- predominantly just done the history section.
1: Encarta 95 would have been really looked at. Seriously, it would have been way.
2: good that I wasn't
0: two at the time.
2: <laughs> right, do we want to crown an overall champion of 1991?
4: I think so. I
3: want to give it to the KFC.
1: <laughs> KFC's up there. Eh? <laughs>
3: that was really good. I had not heard about that.
2: I'm leaning towards a. I don't know if it's a person or a team, but it was quite unanimous. Whether it be Michael Jordan or the Bulls, um, I agree. I'm happy. You agree? I
1: agree. I agree. I was just. I had eight, eight, Bob like you. I'd written nothing down. Um, but I agree. And I'll explain about why I agree later, but uh, Pat?
3: I think that's a fair selection. Uh, a long-lasting impact. Maybe helped a little bit recently with
2: um, The Last Dance, but yeah. I think also helped by the legacy of what's to come. Mm. But Yeah, 92, 92 yeah. is a chance yeah,
0: of being awesome. Michael
1: Jordan. Bulls, Dream Team. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just think that if you think about the the reason I chose that, and it's I'm just off the cuff here, but like no American sports team really before this completely took hold of the imagination of the whole world. Um, okay, the Bird and the Celtics and Magic and the Lakers a bit in the 80s, but I think that was such a huge moment for world sport and just world pop pop, pop culture. Right, I think that. There's no American football team or baseball or hockey that really had a worldwide influence like the Bulls' success did in the 90s and created a a truly global superstar in Michael Jordan. I think if we're conscious or subconscious or not, I think that's why we've all chosen it.
3: Yeah, he was unbelievable in the game, but he was bigger than the game. Uh, The branding, everything behind it just became massive like that there's always that saying of people say about other sports is he's the Michael Jordan of whatever there's probably really only ever been one I'm also
2: in full agreement Um, right well uh, without further ado we can wrap this thing up and I uh, was thinking um, perhaps a quote from a popular movie it is true. Time does fly, and so do you, I see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> One thing, um, just on hook. Maggie Smith, who plays the grandmother in Hook? Wendy. How, Wendy. How old was Maggie Smith when Hook was released? Can somebody tell me, please? Yes, you've got to guess. Don't look it up. Oh, 75? No, 58. 58. Did they age her up for it?
4: Oh, cause she's still around. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Maggie Smith was born in
1: 1934.
2: So she'd have been late 50s.
1: fifty six.
4: Oh fuck I was close. Fifty six. Ridiculous.